Welcome to From Beyond, a podcast about consciousness, metaphysics, and a wide variety of provocative spiritual topics. I'm Michael Vodder, and I'm here with Universal Channel author and spiritual consultant Cindy Riggs. Cindy has been practicing professionally for 20 years, and she has a unique and fascinating perspective on spirituality. Today we're talking about placebo and the spiritual aspect of healing. The last couple of podcasts we talked about beliefs and the impact that personally held beliefs can have on one's health and we also talked about the mind uh, the link between body and mind and the impact that can have on health so now we're going to zoom in on spiritual Mm -hmm. healing um, and we're also going to talk a lot about placebo the concept of placebo right and I have a special guest who I will be channeling that that may contribute to this discussion. Yes, really looking forward to that too. Yeah. Got an action-packed podcast. Action-packed. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, so healing, I want to start by just throwing a few interesting concepts out there that I've heard as I've channeled the spirit world. I remember the Elohim talking about healing. Healing is not what you might think it is. So our mind has this idea of what healing is and Mm -hmm. it means the body restoring itself to perfection right and we often think about like a problem state like we're 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 focusing on the problem of oh this part of me hurts and i want to end that i want to heal that so if you're focusing on healing that pain or whatever it is you're really focusing on the pain yeah exactly and so that unfortunately is what will continue to be there be present because whatever we focus on we amplify. Mm. <laughs> and so that's something that I think we can maybe expand on a little later. But the Elohim said, um, when I channeled them a few years ago, it was for a special event. They said, now healing, and, and healing was the topic of this event. They said, healing is not what you think it is. It's not necessarily restoring to perfect health. Sometimes healing means cancer. Sometimes healing means death. Hmm. Because for you to truly heal on all levels body, mind, spirit, mm. um, you know, emotions, you might have to die because obviously you're not doing it here. <laughs> you know, your spirit might be saying, or your soul might be saying, we have to heal. The, the soul is is here. I mean, the, the soul is in the body. It's the one who's here, not the mind, not the body, but the soul is here. And the soul has objectives. It has a blueprint, so to speak. So if a person has gotten off track or off the path or they're not really living the way they know they're supposed to be living or being the way they know they're supposed to be being, then the soul will create a situation in the body that will either give them a wake-up call or change their pattern of thought or behavior rather suddenly. Yeah. Now cancer is a wonderful opportunity because the person still gets an opportunity to live. They have an opportunity to change the way they think and feel and believe okay. about themselves and others. And, you know, they've, they've got like a little timeline, right. <laughs> you know, so they are given some borrowed time almost. Um, the situation I may have mentioned before, but a, a high school classmate of mine died um, not long ago, a couple of years ago, my uh, close to my age, and she had pneumonia in both lungs, which is kind of odd for someone in their early 50s, right? But she apparently was not taking care of herself. She had a very traumatic life. 
And when I talked with her after she passed away, I understood that she needed to die in order to heal. Hmm. So her healing process began when she transitioned. And she's, of course, in a much better place now because she doesn't have all the baggage of all the abuse that she suffered throughout her life. Interesting. So That might healing, not always be the answer, though. Just it isn't. Not trying to encourage and, suicide. And no, 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 no. <laughs> Absolutely not. Suicide is different. <laughs> that is not... Um, no. That's a podcast um, for another That is occasion. another whole okay. podcast. No, that is not recommended under any circumstance. Okay. And that is not what happened to her. She literally got so ill right. that her body could not heal itself anymore without some kind of intervention, and she either wasn't willing or didn't have the insurance or the money to well, do it. So this is interesting because I feel like what you just did is you opened up the topic of healing uh, into a much broader context. Context, Because even when I started this conversation, I was just thinking, you know, like physical healing and mm -hmm. the spiritual aspects of that or entanglements of that. But no, you've mm -hmm. opened it up to where healing is a topic that isn't just about the body, but ultimately the, the mind or the soul, even broader. Yeah, the soul the is soul. The, the spirit attempting to heal itself. Right. And, so and, I'd like to throw out a situation where a two year old dies of cancer. Okay. What the heck could that be about, right? Okay. What is the meaning of that? So what if, um, this is just a what if, mm -hmm. what if that child came in just to experience some kind of love for two years, interacting with people they knew from another lifetime, their mm -hmm. parents, okay. to resolve something, to heal something, and then they were done. Interesting. We sometimes bring things in from other lifetimes. Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, that is a possibility, but the most important thing as we go forward talking with this is everyone is unique. There is no one answer about healing for every, for even free people. Yeah. Everyone's unique. Okay. We don't know the whole picture. We don't know all of the past lives. We don't know all of the things they want to experience and learn. Some people come here just to experience a life-threatening disease. Hmm. Just to see how strong they can become. Just to see, because their soul wants to see if it can overcome it in the human form this time. Because it failed last time, maybe. Hmm. Does that make sense? It does make sense, yeah. It, it's, <clears throat> it's interesting. If, if you have a, um, a, uh, a paradigm that allows for belief in past lives, mm -hmm. that right. definitely... Um, makes it easier to make sense of, like, for example, that two-year-old. Right. <clears throat> the other thing that I've heard many times when I'm channeling is don't try to get the answer. You know, often people will die and they're like, we're like, why? He was such a good person. Or why? You know, why would this happen to a 29-year-old? Why would terminal cancer happen yeah. to a 29-year-old? We don't know why. Because our lifetime is like one page of a book and it can only see the pages that are adjacent to it. It doesn't know about the yeah. other pages. And so if you, <clears throat> so um, the concept behind uh, uh, you know, multiple lives, the, the past life mm -hmm. idea is that um, you are a soul, not like you're a human person sitting mm -hmm. in front of me right now, yes. but, but you, um, you're, 
you're also a soul who has a deeper history in a way and a, right. and a longer future than than either of us could ever understand. Right. And when so, you were looking at me sitting here, you are looking at one piece of a whole puzzle. And to look at that one piece to try to figure out what the picture is, we can't figure it out. Right. And so um, if you have multiple lives, it totally makes sense that you would pop into an incarnation for a couple years to experience something yes, and then pop right, out. Right. Why not? Because the goal is to accumulate experiences and to, um, mm-hmm. I, I guess, evolve what, the what soul. Is the goal? Evolve <laughs> right. the soul. Like raise the frequency, which we've talked about before and we'll talk about again. But, you know, there isn't a soul evolution that I don't clearly understand yet, but it is about rising above um, duality, rising above adversity. Okay. And could you say that that is <clears throat> spiritual healing, evolving the soul? Yes. Okay. Yes. I would. Because um, if, if a person is on their deathbed and they're going to die, but they finally really surrender and have an understanding, often people on their deathbed will see things um, from another plane, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they will start to see the next plane showing itself to them and they will truly understand the oneness of all that is. They will truly understand that this is illusion, that they are an eternal spiritual being. Right. <clears throat> That's when the healing and the evolution truly happens. Now let's talk about that type of healing and evolution, <clears throat> but in a context a situation that doesn't require physical death right of course so, yes okay, which, so is, now, <laughs> which is my goal right. as um ideally a us for the foreseeable future will we will evolve our souls without yes. physically dying right right so how do we right. do that well <laughs> first of all we have to it's difficult in this environment because we know there are so many toxins in the environment that are just aging our bodies and you know compromising our immune systems Mm -hmm. so we do have to take care of that but even the buddha said you can drink the cleanest water you can eat the most perfect live you know food that still has energy in it but it's your thoughts that toxify Mm. you your negative thoughts and judgment and frustration and anxiety and depression and guilt those are the things that are way more toxic to you than any of those things that you eat or drink that is very, very, very true. Yeah. And that goes back to our last conversation about, you know, beliefs in the mind. And, right. Um, because we, people need to start understanding, if they don't already, that our thoughts are energy. Mm-hmm. And what are we putting out? Dr. Joseph Murphy said every thought is a prayer. Mm. And every prayer is answered. So if you're thinking, I'm in pain, I'm in pain, I'm in pain, you're going to be in pain. The universe is that simple. Mm-hmm. It is truly that action equals reaction. But then when somebody's really living the cleanest, purest life and they're just in bliss all the time, why would they die? Well, because maybe the blueprint, you know, expired. We don't know. <laughs> we don't know what the soul's objectives were. Now, people come to me and they ask me to tell them what their life purpose is. Right? Right. And for me to tell, for a human to tell them based in a human existence, that that is never, well, it's never advised, but um, 
it's not even it's not even appropriate hmm. because our purpose here is to discover the connection with our soul so it can reveal itself each and every day. I've also had spirits say, well, you want to know what your purpose is. It's maybe a list of 2,000 things. And as you go through your life, you're checking things off. Hmm. Uh, made eye contact with the dog in the post office on July 17th of 1979. Check. <laughs> right? And then you made a connection with a clerk somewhere. Or you kissed that boy in your second grade class. Or whatever it was, <laughs> you know? It was like... Um, it's a checklist. It's not necessarily doctor or all these archetypes we have, mm. you know. It's not that. It's rarely that. Okay. So how does this uh, uh, relate with the concept of physical health then? Because the connection with the soul is so critically important because it can guide us. It can guide us. We know more about our bodies than we realize. And then we trust doctors to tell us things, but then half the time we think, I don't think that's true. I don't think that diagnosis is true. I don't, you know, it's hard to, we're supposed to trust the doctors. They're supposed to be the authority, but they don't own the body. They don't own the soul. Hmm. The soul will try to lead us toward the right practitioner or the right diet or the right supplements or whatever it is. Okay. It might, it might, um, create a situation in the body where we can't walk or move so that we have to be still and silent in order to connect with it. So it might create a car accident. It might create something that disables us for a while. And one of the ideas uh, that I've heard is that um, this, that sort of phenomenon could be explained through the unconscious mind in a way, which mm -hmm. is that... Um, yes, unconscious mind. Yeah, because if if the body, the mind, the spirit, if if you want something, if your 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 soul, your um, the essence of you, higher self, mm -hmm. wants a certain thing, a certain it could be an dynamic experience. to be present in your right. life, mm -hmm. right? Um, it'll often get that for you in mysterious ways. So that's why they say the Lord right. works in mysterious that's ways, right? Right. right. Um, so that could lead towards like the, and that ties back to that idea of how diseases can manifest um, for uh, sort of broader reasons than you would usually think of. But mm -hmm. perhaps that disease um, that sort of prevented you from walking, like you, like mm -hmm. you said, forces you into mm -hmm. um, a situation that then is ultimately spiritually healing in some way. It's an opportunity to be spiritual healing, but if this person just like watches TV all day, like all That's you do fair. is watch CNN and yell at the p politicians, you're not getting anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> you're not getting the message. Like um, I told a story in one of my very first podcasts that I did myself about how I flipped my car and um, I have a little bit of nerve damage from that. And um, because my soul was trying to get me out of the situation I was in at that time in my life. Yeah, interesting. I also, I also see a lot of people in the spiritual community uh, sort of have this knee-jerk response of ascribing everything to some deep, dark, uh, sort of like unconscious thing that that wanted it or uh i don't know i think i i just i think a lot of people get carried away with this concept also mm -hmm. because sometimes you know 
you just you just got into an accident for just that's true. mundane that's reasons true. and you don't now, have to I construct. knew it was a wake up call for me. That's what I right. knew inside because I was not living the way I knew I needed to be. I was just too angry, too unhappy. And um, all I thought about was, I hate this job. I went out of this. So it, the opportunity presented itself. Yeah, that's, that's um, a wonderful opportunity. Yeah. I want to I wanna, um, come back around to this concept of placebo, mm-hmm. which we've, we've danced around in the yes, last couple of, yes. of episodes. But this really does play a central role. Um, to this whole discussion. So Mm -hmm. the concept um, is that the, okay, so if you, if you've heard of placebo, you've, you've usually heard of it in the context of scientific experiments, right? With new medications or drugs. And Mm -hmm. placebo is something that you try to control for, right? Mm -hmm. So it's bad. We think of it as bad in a certain sense because it's the mind tricking the body into healing Mm -hmm. in a way. and in the in the context of science, it is bad in the sense that it can um, confuse your your data, can confuse your findings right. if you don't right. really if you're not um, aware of what's placebo and what's mm-hmm. you know an actual physical effect of the drug that mm-hmm. the person's taking. Right. But in the context of real life, where the goal is to heal, um, placebo is actually the essence of what you're after. Right, placebo is healing yeah. in its purest form. <laughs> right, placebo is the believing mind believing that it will happen. Yes, the mind, yes. the spirit, getting on board with a healing intention, a healing regimen. So, in that sense, um, placebos have been doled out by doctors for eons, mm-hmm. and by priests, by shamans, by mm-hmm. everyone. Yep. And uh, so. To me, it's a really important discussion to have as, as I mean, because we're sitting here in um, the 21st century, mm-hmm. right? Um, but in this spiritual, metaphysical, holistic healing world, mm-hmm. right? And so I think it's very important to look at and get a really firm grasp on the concept of placebo um, to see, first of all, how can we... Um, how can we really use it to our advantage, right? We want ultimately to, um, we want people to heal. Mm-hmm. Um, we also want them to understand what's happening. And sometimes, mm-hmm. um, I mean, like in science, like you give a person a sugar pill is the classic thing. It's like, right, the some, sugar pill. Like one group gets <clears throat> the actual drug, mm-hmm. the other group gets an empty pill, and then. Right. They all They're all the told way. that this is a new drug. You're t- we're testing for diabetes or whatever it is. Yeah. Yep. And then, um, so then what happens is that they all heal at like roughly the same rate. Mm-hmm. And then you know that the drug didn't work, right? Because even the people with the sugar pill mm-hmm. healed. Right. And so you ascribe whatever healing happened to um, their positivity, <laughs> basically. Yeah, right. Their, like, their belief. Yeah. So what's interesting is that placebo healings work not just for medicines. Um, right. Well, they do work for medicines. Prozac, for example, is like eighty percent placebo. Something crazy is like it that. Really? Yeah. Huh. I forget the exact. <laughs> I forget the exact hmm. number, but yeah, huge placebo effect for just any pill with the word Prozac written on the side of it. Interesting. But also, pro, uh, 
placebo works for like knee surgeries famously you can have somebody just like scratch the side of your knee and tell you they did surgery and then your knee can start working that's just amazing suddenly that's yeah. really amazing yeah placebo knee surgeries are a huge thing which shows mm-hmm. that placebo can have a huge physical impact so now but you can't create it for yourself i mean somebody has to create that do it to you you know like fool you right basically deceive you that's what i want to talk about because i don't know if that's entirely the case i think we create placebos for ourselves too by believing in things Mm -hmm. in a sense sure and i i want to be careful with this because i don't want to just because again placebo gets um uh, interpreted as a bad thing, and I'm not trying to say that it could people, be a very good thing, right? I'm not trying to say that people are deceiving themselves. I, I think that I, I, what what I what I envision for the future of um, I don't know placebo based medicine, whatever you want to call yeah, this, is yeah. like um, I envision that that we can um, find a good way to facilitate placebo without pulling wool over our own eyes while understanding exactly what's happening. I agree. I think virtual reality would be an excellent platform for that. Yeah. What, what do you mean by that? Well, I had a dream years ago okay. that I was in a, I was like into a virtual reality like environment and I was uh, exercising, working okay. out on some kind of machine. Yeah. But then when it was done, I was just in virtual reality. Yeah. But I was still burning calories and burning fat and building muscle. <laughs> that's so and crazy. I want that. I still want that now. Here's, um. <laughs> here's the thing. That's so crazy you bring that up because that's actually a thing. Like placebo um, right. lifting, like weightlifting well, is it totally is. a thing. That's right. Because every um, Olympic athlete goes into a, a meditative state and they visualize mm-hmm. the event. Mm-hmm. They but practice actually, it that way. And hypnosis. we got to talk about hypnosis. Well, One of my favorite things that I do. I mean, that's just, I'm not making anybody do anything. I'm not changing their beliefs. I'm just making suggestions hmm, as possibilities. And it often works. There is actually a VR app that is like a prototype right now. Yeah. That makes you think you're working out. I want it. And there's a study. <laughs> um, I haven't read the study in detail, but... Um, it's basically demonstrated a placebo effect where these people who just cool. worked out in VR literally right. had muscle mass increase. Right. <laughs> so. I believe it. I believe it because the body follows the mind, as we've talked about before. Yeah. Whatever the mind believes, the body will follow. But it's really hard to believe in something like, oh, am I taking a sugar pill? I'm going to pretend like I'm taking this drug. Yeah, now. you can't you know, give we yourself can't, a sugar we, pill. No. So that's where we have to... So here's the thing. Scientists stumbled upon this concept of placebo because they were looking for a solution to a problem. They mm-hmm. wanted to figure out right. how to make their studies more accurate. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, But let's not get shoehorned into their way of viewing right. placebo. No. In essence, it's just the body's ability to get on board with an intention, right? Right. And so if you can heal with a sugar pill, then there must be some way to tap into that self-healing ability without the sugar pill, Mm -hmm. right? And so that's 
difficult. I, I'm not. It's difficult. I don't have a clear answer for. Well, how it's to do difficult that. because I'm, I'm curious to see what our guest speaker will say. Yeah. But um, it's difficult because we've already bought into so many concepts that mm. cancer is a thing, that um, heart disease is a thing. You know, <laughs> there are mm. countries that don't have some of the diseases that we have. And then they don't have anybody with those diseases because they don't even have the collective belief in them. There are cultures that have other diseases that we don't have. That's true. Um, and that's been traced to placebo in large mm-hmm. part. Yep. Also, I want to address the concept of nocebo, which is giving somebody a, a negative effect. So that would be oh. like, for example, mm-hmm. if you put a curse or a hex on somebody, uh, mm-hmm. that the same thing happens there that would also happen in a nocebo effect where, for example, if a doctor told somebody who they had cancer mm-hmm. when they didn't have cancer, you could, in effect, like, give that person a, a terminal sentence. Oh, yeah. And then the cancer would show up. Or they would die of something. Right. Right. I mean, Because they've been given that sentence. But definitely that sort of thing has been observed where mm-hmm. um, somebody's given a wrong diagnosis and then they die of it anyway. Mm-hmm. So, That's right. So be careful is is one moral of the story. Yeah, the, be careful who you trust. We, we as really far have as to be careful who we go. trust, and we really have to be careful what we choose to believe. Exactly. Extremely careful. That's just critically critically important. Yeah. And we can change our beliefs every single day. That's the beauty of free will here. Yeah. Just because we learned something, I, I can't tell you how many times a client has said to me, well, I was raised Catholic, so therefore, blah. And I'm like, stop that. You don't have to keep believing that if it's mm-hmm. not working for you. Because it's not. To. People tend to keep believing And I'm not things. bashing Catholicism. It's a wonderful <laughs> thing. Um, but I'm just saying, it was just an example. You know, I am Scorpio, therefore, yeah. I act this way. Or I was abused when I was 13, and therefore, No. An object in motion tends to remain in motion. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you've if you been believing something your whole life, you're going to tend to keep believing it, even if it's complete hogwash or, mm-hmm. you know, just... Just because of the comfort of that belief, the comfort of this is what defines me. Right. This that's is true. who I am. Because we're always trying to define ourselves. A lot of... That's an interesting... To bring up that concept of identity, too, because we identify mm-hmm. with our diseases, right? That's right. How many people introduce themselves um, or... Or just like early on in the process of meeting somebody, they mm-hmm. declare themselves to be all these things. I'm yeah, an alcoholic. They do. Right? I'm an alcoholic. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a diabetic. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I have Alzheimer's. Right. Right. And so now you've you've identified with that camp, which can be helpful in some ways. Right. I'm not saying you have to because on the opposite end of that, there you could be in denial about. Mm-hmm. Some, like you could have an alcohol problem and be in denial about that. True. Right. Yeah. So. <laughs> I'm not saying don't ever, I'm not saying <laughs> right, it's I know. wrong to identify as an alcoholic. I'm saying be mindful how about, of how you're identifying. How about not, instead of saying I'm an alcoholic, I have in the past had an, an issue with alcohol. Right. You know, don't, don't make it the I am. Right, because you don't make it your a title in that way. Right. Don't make it your title. Mm-hmm. It's uncomfortable, though, because as humans, we do want to identify. Mm-hmm. We are... Like, a part of the human condition is, like, scraping some kind of an identity together while we're right, here, right? right. Mm-hmm. And so once you've found something, and if you like it, mm-hmm. right, I mean, being an alcoholic is an identity that works for people in certain mm-hmm. ways and sure. is adaptive. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, like a recovering alcoholic. Mm-hmm. Right, but, right. 
Now I've met people. Um, it was interesting. I was on a tour in Greece one time, and we we all got together and we were introducing ourselves and and what we did, right? And mm -hmm. there were a few ladies in the group that said, "I'm a mother of three boys," or "I'm a mother of." and a grandmother of, like they identified themselves as the mother and grandmother mm. rather than secretary or, you know, whatever nurse or whatever they did. Not that either their would careers. be more right. No. Right? It's just, it's just interesting. It's interesting. Yeah. How, how we identify. Yeah. Like, whoever is listening to this, I mean, just think of what are the first couple things that you would, that you identify with. I am a student. I am a wife, I am whatever. Mm -hmm. And if one of those is a disease, that's potentially a problem. Yes. <laughs> right? <laughs> that's main, um, may be contributing to the fact that the disease is present. Right. And most of the spirits I channel call it dis hyphen ease because we are out of ease, which means we are not aligned with our soul. Bot bottom line. Hmm. Yeah, if you think about health as being the natural state and disease as being a temporary... Um, yes, a dis-ease. Yeah, temporary separation from not complete health. Ease. Right. That could be mm -hmm. useful, but ultimately that's just another idea, another belief. Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's really complicated, and as long as we're human, it will be complicated. Yeah, so, okay, so let's talk about the concept of um, laying hands on somebody and healing them. Excellent. Right. So we've seen that happen. We both do that. Reiki. Right. It is a form of laying on of hands. Yes, right? it is. It's been done for uh, ever since humans existed. Totally. And mm -hmm. to great effect. Yes. Yeah. To great effect. I met a former Catholic priest when I was um, doing my TV show back in 2000 who uh, was no longer a Catholic priest because he somehow could um, place his hand on someone and he would just say, come Holy Spirit, and a lightning bolt would shoot through him and they would be healed. Wow. And he was fascinating. His name was Ron Roth. Interesting. He authored a book about it. Cool. Fascinating man, loving man. Um, and that was not something that really fit in with the Catholic structure, which is why hmm. he said I couldn't deny this ability that I had to heal, but he also had a very very strong connection with his soul and with spirit with source and um he said i had to leave the structure i had to leave the the church because this doesn't fit interesting <laughs> yeah and yet it does if you read the bible right laying on of hands prayer yeah what about the effect of a hundred people praying for someone who doesn't even know they're praying for them and then they get well right right there's definitely something it's been proven, scientifically proven that prayer works because it's energy of intent. And the concept of placebo is, is central. And I want to be careful in the way that we deal with that too because first of all, there are potentially multiple things going on. I mean, placebo um, is a complicated thing. And I don't, when I say placebo here, I'm not, I don't mean it in the simple sense that it's, Sugar uh, pill versus drug. Yeah, right? I don't mean it the way a scientist would mean it. In there are so many variables. He, well, and um, yeah, so like when I say that laying on of hands is a placebo, what I'm not saying is that it's un is that, that it's not real that it's right that you're mm -hmm. deluding yourself. Um, 
what I am saying is that um, the same thing that happens when a person takes a sugar pill during a scientific study mm-hmm. is also happening when um, a priest is laying hands on you. Like there is... There is a new there, belief and faith, right? Yeah, there's some, there's some similar... There's some similarity in those two experiences if that Hmm. makes sense i'm not saying it does and i wonder if there's like a trust or faith in something more powerful than ourselves yeah true and that's something that we all like about just medicine in general is the idea that you can appeal to an external power right Mm -hmm. you can take you can take a medicine you can take a pill and that's going to have some kind of like unarguable objective impact on Mm -hmm. your state Mm -hmm. right right uh so i mean if you if you believe that a priest can do the same thing by laying hands on you then it's essentially uh, the same thing that's Mm -hmm. happening in a way but then now we're talking about physical physical healing versus spiritual healing yeah um and we are not the physical body we are the soul inhabiting it for a while Mm -hmm. integrated with it yes but that's not ultimately who we are. So many times I've heard, I know the Buddha said it, I know others have said it, you are, the truth about who you are is that you are an eternal spirit with no thought and no personality. You're just consciousness. You're Mm -hmm. just perfect spiritual energy. And so all of this stuff here, you know, our identity and the diseases and the, um, you know, chronic pain, whatever it is, is all temporary. Yeah, and arbitrarily constructed. Mm-hmm. I grew up exposed to Christian science, which is not Scientology, it's Christian science, mm-hmm. um, founded by Mary Baker Eddy, who wrote Science and Health. And the whole religion is based off that book, Science and Health. And all she said was, you know, you, your body can heal itself. And all you have to do is realize that you are temporary, your body's temporary, all of this is temporary, but that you have a connection to the source that can provide whatever healing energy you need. And that's why the Christian scientists don't believe in doctors or medical treatment. Right, so from my perspective, they took a really cool enlightened idea and yes. then just went like fundamental of course they did yes totally screwed it up but. <laughs> that's right i know and it's it's still uh, in my experience in my opinion needs to be updated but whatever um i do i've read the book and it's it's magnificent okay it's, it's actually very new age it's very metaphysical huh but the religion itself you're right <laughs> But people need a framework. That's right. Right. They need to, a structure within which to operate. Mm-hmm. Um, because I've met a couple people who have no structure, no framework. They were not raised with any kind of belief about anything spiritual, and they're kind of lost. You know, they're like, "Who am I? What do I do? Where do I go?" Like the whole world's open to them, which yeah. is a wonderful thing. But then they're like, "What do I believe in?" Which is a beautiful thing, um, except that. I don't think that's the default human state. Like, we're used to right. having a structure. A tribe. Yeah. We're born into a tribe, and the tribe shows us how to hunt and dance and exactly. whatever and we do. Exactly, and you kind of just do those things. Right. Um, yeah, so it's it's uncomfortable not having, a, like, a, a solid mm-hmm. belief system. It is, and I've experienced that by observing these people who were not brought up in a system. 
I'm grateful that I was, even though I'm not still part of that system full time. <laughs> but mentioning that system, a system that I grew up in, that, that you grew up in, mm-hmm. that many people grew up in, I have a guest speaker. Okay. Who can continue the conversation with you, maybe answer some questions, see what he will contribute. Lovely. Let's go for it. It is, um, he's beginning to merge with me now. It is, uh, some know him as Yeshua, some know him as the Master Jesus. A, an ascended master, he is called, in the metaphysical realm. Because he learned the ability to master energy while he was here, to master his thoughts, to master intention, energy following intent. There are stories about him healing people. It will be interesting to see what he says about those. While he's merging with me, is there anything you want to, any questions you want to prepare or... I have been channeling him since 1999. And he is a wonderful energy. He may challenge you, though, just so you know. Okay. (laughs) Sometimes he does that. I'm looking forward to it. So, of course, this is the consciousness that I have identified um, since 1999 as the Master Jesus, the one that is spoken of in the Bible, the one that is spoken of in the Keys of Enoch, the one that is known to be a great teacher. We're just about merged. Maybe listeners can feel his energy because anyone listening to this is connected to that energy. It's impossible for us to be disconnected from each other spiritually. Though we do often try. Oh, we try a lot. (laughs) Yes. Okay, so I'm going to switch over, so um, I'm not sure if he will talk or if you want to ask him a question first, but I'm going to step out. All right. Thank you for allowing me to talk with you today in your language, in your dimension of space-time. It's good to be back here, even though it's very chaotic. Is it? Yes. In what way? So many new energies that were not here when I was human. So more um, invisible waves, you would call them, microwaves Ah. and um, cellular waves. Much, much more technology, of course. My bad. So I can feel this. Oh, it is not your fault, my brother. (laughs) Um, Well, my cell phone's off, so... (laughs) It's, it's fine because this is how evolution occurs on the planet. There's nothing wrong with technology. And so many are fearing the microwave oven or fearing the, the device. But yes, there is some interference. Yes, there is some disruption. 
And so you and many others understand how to use these devices safely and reasonably. But it's the same with your food, which is engineered. It is the same with your body parts, which are being engineered. <laughs> you know, you need to do this reasonably. Okay. Well, so I'm here to talk about healing, I guess. Yes? Yes, that would be wonderful. Thank you for, of course. for joining us. Um, I do want to talk about healing. Uh, first, so Cindy has introduced you as Master Jesus. Yes. So... Um, do you identify as the same Jesus who turned water into wine in the Bible? That's the story, yes. That's the story, okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so if, if we as listeners um, understand you as the, the Jesus Christ from the Bible, is that Who could inaccurate? create miracles? That one? Yes. The one who performed miracles, yes. Okay. I'm that one. Okay. Just like you perform miracles, too. Do I? Everyone does. Because thoughts create reality. So every time you have a belief or a thought in something and you manifest it, that's a miracle. I see. For in my time, mm, people did not understand they had this power. The power of their will, the power of their mind. And so because I was simply born with that awareness... And that is why I came here, was to show people the awareness that they had and to teach them how to use it. I was thought of as some kind of magical person. I see. I just had more awareness, that's all. I was just open to more understanding and knowing of universal law, universal wisdom. I see. Just as you have people born now who you call geniuses. The three-year-old who can play a concerto. Okay, so you were a spiritual prodigy of sorts. Yes, indeed. Gotcha. That's cool. Um, So when we talk about healing, um, we we were even talking about this just earlier, the concept of laying on of hands. Yes. Um, And... It is powerful for a few reasons, because your, your own body has energy. And when you lay your hands on someone, you, you can transfer some of your energy to that person to help them. And that alone may be enough to relieve the pain. You also have the ability to channel energy directly from source, like I did. Mm, there are many different techniques, many different systems of this. And that way you don't deplete your own body of energy by sharing energy with the other person by placing hands on them. There is another effect that you have been speaking of in which the hands are placed and the person's belief alone causes the healing to occur. Interesting. Sometimes it's all three. Sometimes it's two. Sometimes it's one. Hmm. There is a popular story about a man who touched my robe and was healed. Right. And I want you to know that I was not even aware that he had touched my robe. (laughs) Okay. I was in a crowd of people, and it was his belief that that healed him. So that's the, that's the, your famous quote from antiquity. Oh, okay. (laughs) One of many. You have a lot of of famous quotes, I suppose. (laughs) Um, But the, your belief has has healed you. Has made you whole. Has made you whole. And wholeness is what I want to talk about. Because healing, true healing, is wholeness. Wholeness of body, of mind, 
of emotions and of spirit. Okay. Now, true wholeness is what? It is beyond personality. It is truly beyond, beyond body in truth. But while you are here in the body, the wholeness can occur in the body. But to get that wholeness, you must become love. Nothing but love. Hmm. So many talked about me that I was love or that I shared love. And this is true. This is how healing is done. It is not just for someone else, but for yourself. Hmm. You have to become in a state of being all of the time or as much of the time as possible in which you are only love. There's no judgment. There's no guilt. There's no fear. You must become love and then you are healed. So when a spirit, as she was speaking of, because I have been here the whole time, when a spirit wants healing for itself, it wants to be whole. It wants to be love again. But it has come into a physical form to become love and fear. It has come into duality to become the angel and the devil. Hmm. Right? As you say. Right. So the spirit, when it realizes that the human mind and the human body are not allowing it to evolve as it had intended to, it will create a situation that will give it the opportunity to become whole, to become love. So it may give the person blindness, so they have to appreciate things in a new way. Hmm. It may give the person mm, a limb may be severed, so they need to focus more into the present with what they are doing with the one arm that they have left. You see? I do see. So to what? So I have answered the question of healing, yes? <laughs> More or less. <laughs> um, so to what extent is that? Um, uh, so I, I think of that from two different angles, right? So I guess what we would normally, a, a non-spiritual person might think, um, okay, my blindness um, has helped me to appreciate the other aspects of my sensory awareness more, but that's just me making the best of a bad situation that's not, um, you know, divinely inspired. Indeed, that's true. There's still the opportunity. There's still the free will of the person to choose whether they will view their reality or perceive their reality through the dark glasses or the glasses of light. That's fair. That, that free will choice is still there. So the, uh, that's why I said the opportunity is there when the limb is severed or when the arm is severed, for instance, that the opportunity is that the person has the wake-up call, maybe, as you say, mm-hmm. or, oh, maybe I could see things in a more loving way, in a non-judgmental way. Or the person could choose to say, this is a disaster, my life is ruined, and then... They will not have a pleasant experience here. You are to create a pleasant experience here. Hmm. So I'm really interested in what you said a moment ago. Um, You talked about there being multiple things going on. Mm -hmm. uh, With healing, with with hands-on healing. Right, right. So you talked about there being energy transferred from the third party, I suppose, the, the, the healer, the shaman, the... Um, 
yes. priest. Mm-hmm. And then you talked about energy being transferred from source. And then you talked about placebo as being... Um, the belief itself. Yeah. So when a priest lays hands on somebody and heals them, is are all... <sighs> I don't, I'm not sure where to go from here. This is, <laughs> it's just such a new concept. Mm-hmm. So basically you're saying that um, it, it almost seems that placebo then uh, plays the same role that it would in, you know, Western allopathic medicine in that it's a secondary um, mm. source of healing and that then the active ingredient is the energy from source. Is that, oh, what you, is that what you intended ah, to say? No. Uh, because placebo itself can be the source of healing. The laying on of hands from the physical energy body of the person can be the source. It hmm. is a unique situation each time. Hmm. So it's difficult to define in that first this thing happens, then this thing happens. It's all source energy. Your source energy, the air you're breathing is source energy. So, of course, source energy is involved. Okay. Source energy is involved in the belief of the person who believes the healing is taking place. Does that answer the question? Uh, it comes close. Ah. So, when I'm healed, yes. right, that's still an internal process. That's my body doing it. Yes. Right? My body is healing. Indeed. Um, so when I describe that as placebo, or I mean, placebo isn't even the best word for it. That's just what scientists came up with, right? I, okay. don't, I don't know. But when I talk about that concept, mm-hmm. um, like, I don't know, could you sort of just elaborate on that, provide some sort yes. of extra insight so into what's actually happening when you take a there? medicine, let's say you take an antibiotic for something. It is truly doing some chemical things in the body. Yes, it is doing that. But it is also providing time and space for and support for the body to heal itself. If the person is, depending on the person's connection to source and how much energy they can allow into themselves for that to take place. So there are too many variables to answer it in one way. Or another. I see. Does that help to fill in this gap that you speak of? I suppose. Or not. I mean, ultimately, is is source energy healing me, or am I healing myself, or is the idea healing me, or none of the above? Your body knows how to heal itself, but the mind and other toxic things and the degree with which you are connected to your spiritual self or your higher self creates the situation of dis-ease or creates a situation of a delay in healing. The body can heal itself. If you had no thought, this is why people who are in a coma continue to live. The physical body continues to live because there are no thoughts blocking the healing process. Mm particularly thoughts of judgment Hmm. or of negativity or of fear. If you are in a coma, you have no fear. Therefore, the body can live indefinitely. Interesting. 
depending on the level of coma. Now, you, you may have different definitions of this, but there are many different levels of this state of awareness. So if the person is still um, spiritually aware, they can hear the voices and the thoughts of others which may contribute to their health or their disease. Interesting. Interesting. Because so, the spirit's still alive. It's right. still there. Huh. Nothing ever dies, you see? Okay. And why, why must you heal? Sometimes the, the disability, how many times have you heard a disability helping someone to perceive life in a new way and become um, an advocate for something to help others? Right. And so it was, it was put there by them before they were born, placed into their blueprint as part of their experience. So then why do we heal? Like when I, like mm, if, if, good question. when, for example, um, somebody comes to you, right? Let's talk about your incarnation here 2,000 years ago. When yes. somebody came to you um, and requested healing, yes. why? What were they after? Well, they wanted to be out of pain or they wanted to be able to function in the world. And was it always your decision to heal them? Or were there some occasions hmm. on which you chose not to heal them for specific reasons? I always answer every request, every prayer, because I am love. I channel pure love. If one requested that I heal them and they did not heal, it was because I presented the energy and they still did not believe they deserved it. Just like I receive prayers 24-7, as you would say. And I answer them all, meaning that when a request is received or an intention, the energy that will help that intention to manifest is sent immediately as a response, hmm. just like your instant messaging. You instant message me, I instant message you. Now, do you believe I'm going to instant message you? Do you believe you deserve for me to instant message you? That is where people block the healing. Because I do send healing energy anytime I am asked. But the person must be in the state to not only believe it is possible or believe they deserve the energy from me, but to even allow it into their being. I see. Because too many people are afraid of me. They think I'm some kind of supreme being. And the truth is we all are. That aligns very well with what I understand about placebo, too, um, in that... Um, if the person deep down in their heart does not want to live here, they will create a disease in their body to get them out. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. And then if somebody lays hands on them and, and offers healing energy, they may not accept it. Because they may deep not down, accept it. they don't want that. Just like when you or she are doing a Reiki session, providing energy to a person that you channel from source. Right. They will either accept it or not. And it might not be conscious. Right, it might not be because they don't consciously want it. They might not believe in it or... Um, right, they might be skeptical. 
The other part of your question is why do people heal? Okay. And that is because there is a specific intention or blueprint for the lifetime and they're not finished here. Hmm. The soul is not finished with all of its objectives. Interesting. Very interesting. Or they may heal because they've been given, the soul is giving them another opportunity to awaken and they may not awaken and maybe the cancer comes back. Hmm. But, but this is not, I'm not saying this so people will blame themselves. Blame is not love. That does ultimately happen a lot in this It community. does. And because your mind wants answers. If you can let go of the need to know answers of, for everything, if you can let go of the need to know, then you free yourself. And you create more disk space in your hard drive for more opportunities. That's easier said than done. <laughs> well, if I can do it, anyone can. Okay. Because you can do even more than I could do, especially now with all of your technology. But from the spirit world, I can do more, of course, now. So interestingly, my death, I want to talk about for a moment because so many healings that I was able to provide, so much energy that I was able to, to provide others to help them heal themselves or to believe in something, believe in something outside of the physical realm. So why would I be put to death when I'm so helpful? That is a question that Indeed. billions of people have been asking for thousands of years. <laughs> <laughs> Not one answer okay. can be provided. However, from the spiritual perspective, my soul had evolved to a point where I could then provide more service to humanity from the spiritual plane than from the physical. Okay. Because I evolved, I evolved to a point where not only was my frequency high in that I, I may have transfigured <laughs> while here and then not been human, but mm, I had, I guess, more power is the way you would say it. I, I had the ability to be more comprehensive. I see. On the spiritual plane. That, that does make sense. Um, okay. So I have answered your questions. Yes. Um, there is really no more to say about healing except you must become love. You must love yourself. You must love everyone and everything knowing that built within it, embedded in it, at its core is source energy, is love. And when you can see everyone and everything as divine, then you are healed, regardless of the state of your body. Okay. I leave her now. Thank you. Thank you, Yeshua, Master Jesus. I love his energy. Could you feel it? Yeah. I hope listeners could feel it too. <laughs> you doing okay? Yes, I'm great. I'm just, you know, coming down from that high. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, that was that was really interesting. Um, the last thing that he was talking about, um, 
I really wanted to make a Star Wars reference, but then I didn't want to be. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can make it now. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> he um, doesn't. He loves humor, so. Okay. I I wanted to be respectful, but um, <laughs> yeah, it's like just like when Obi Wan um chose to uh, allow himself to be killed by Darth Vader, like yeah. the last yes, the right. last uh, right. bit of the fourth episode of Star Wars, mm-hmm. because then he could k- talk with Luke right. from you that's know, right the cloud. That's right. Yeah, similar concept. Mm-hmm. I often talk to loved ones who have crossed over recently for my clients, and um, they're just like broadcasting love now. You know, they're like, I can help you more here than on my deathbed in hospice, you know? that's That makes sense. And they're not really like spirit guides, but they do like just keep sending love. Mm-hmm. The most powerful force in the universe, the force. <laughs> We covered so much on this podcast. We have. So let the force be with us. Okay, yes. May the force be with us. May the force be with you all. Choose for the force to be with us all. (laughs) Okay. Thank you, and thank yourself for taking the time to entertain some new spiritual concepts today. I hope it has been interesting and or helpful. You can find Cindy's channel books on Amazon. Kindle versions also available. And visit my website, cindyriggs.com. 